Hi, this is Alex from Who Shot First, and this is me giving you a heads up that today's episode is actually going to be broken up into two parts as we were talking about Attack of the Clones and it just got too long for one episode, so we will be releasing a second episode uh, next week covering the second half of the uh, our discussion on Attack of the Clones. So if you'd like to wait and listen to that, listen to them both at the same time, that is totally cool. Other than that, enjoy and... This war represents a failure to listen. Release your anger. Only your hatred can destroy me. Something terrible has happened. I find your lack of faith disturbing. Anger, fear, aggression. The dark side of the force of it. Let the past die. Kill it if you have to. No, no, you're still holding on! Let's go! Biggest problem in this universe is nobody helps each other. That's how we're gonna win. Not fighting what we hate. Saving what we love. Hello, and welcome to Who Shot First, the Star Wars Controversy Podcast. I'm your host, Ethan. I'm your other host, Alex. And today we are also joined by our Star Wars correspondent, Sarah. Hello. And we were uh, discussing uh, the Phantom Menace and our thoughts and opinions about how, uh, how we enjoyed that movie and how we uh, did not in many ways. And now we are jumping into the next prequel, the episode two, Star Wars Attack of the Clones, which a lot of people view as one of, if not the worst Star Wars film of all time. If you listen to our, our ranking episode, we both ranked it either last or second to last. Mm-hmm. Sarah, yes, was, do you, quick, quick thing. Do you, where do you, would you rank it? I know this is putting you completely on the spot, but where would you rank it in, in 11? I mean, I guess 11, you have like what a top five and a bottom six or vice versa. Yeah. I would definitely put it in the bottom tier. Okay. So it is a bottom tier for you, but not maybe the worst. Correct. Yes. So that, and that's, uh, it's good that we have someone on who, who doesn't quite dislike it uh, as much as the two of us. <laughs> Happy to be a positive ray of sunshine here. Yes. So if you, if you enjoy Attack of the Clones, by, by all means. Uh, more, Reach more out to us to and you. tell us how we're wrong. Yes, please. In a um, respectful manner, but yes. <laughs> We're, we're, we're just going to give you our honest reactions and opinions to the, to the film as it unfolds. So without further ado, I guess we'll just jump right in. We, uh, we begin by descending into Coruscant uh, with a large Naboo star cruiser, descends onto a, a, a foggy platform. Of- Ship is pretty. I like that. Right, and I thought it was I thought it was uh, a much better looking ship than than their first cruiser. Yeah, but, I would agree. But anyway, it's it's if for the if you had seen the first film, it's very clearly a a Naboo starfighter as it is accompanied by two N uh, one starfighters. And as it uh, touches down on the platform, we are greeted by who we believe to be the Senator Amidala, but as we come to soon realize after after the ship is bombed and attacked, that it was, of course, another decoy. 
going from there, do you have any thoughts on the opening scene or or? I have many. Do you, Sarah? Okay. Yes, and I think they're uh, contradictory to yours. Okay, excellent. So why don't we? Why okay. don't we? Why don't you dive right in with your with your first opening thoughts of the scene, Alex? I want to know how Corday failed. She literally does her job of dying for the queen. Corday, lady, so sorry. I failed you, Senator. No. I don't know how she failed. That's my big question. Because she let the, she felt like she let the, the threat happen. She felt she could have done more to prevent the threat. That seems a little far. That seems a bit of a stretch. I mean, considering you died to do your one job. But I will like, I mean, what, what else are you going to say? You know, you're dying and how, like, how do you express all the love that you have for your friend? Cause so I've read, um, Queen Shadow. And so I, you, you get to know Dorme better in Queen mm. Shadow. And so then that makes that death uh, more difficult than it is. And so it's like, yeah, how, how do you wrap up that friendship? That's a, because uh, because in the last, uh, in the last episode one, we, we, we brought up uh, that book and how, um, how some of the dialogue is, is different when you know, some of the code that the queen and her handmaids use with each other. And that, that's a good point is, is the book, right? Makes those deaths more impactful. Mm-hmm. I will say I read the book too, and it did not affect me, but that's again, <laughs> I did not, I totally forgot that Dorme was a thing. So Aww. that is, that is me. That is me being a, a bad star Wars fan. So, but yes. Now, and I have not read this book. Does she, does she play a large role? or a, a minor role in that book. Okay. Yeah. You really get to know because the, I guess a slight spoiler for folks who haven't read the books because the handmaids handmaidens that were the handmaidens in the Phantom Menace while she was queen are not the same handmaidens as when she's Senator, because, you know, she's grown, she's changed. And, you know, obviously the women serving as handmaidens want to do other things with their life, with the exception of Sabe. Uh, Sabe is still a handmaiden or a decoy. Um, and so, yeah, you get to know these, these new women in the, in the Senate and they try to, you know, navigate their way on Coruscant and what the Senate's like. And it's a beautiful story. I agree okay. that it's beautiful. I just didn't, it didn't, I totally didn't forgot it. about that piece. <laughs> okay. It didn't quite affect you as, as others, as much as others. Okay. Mm-hmm. All right. Is that, is, uh, cause I, I, I would agree. That was my only, my only kind of, complaint or or thoughts well, on that's that not my piece, only that's just than... one. Oh, okay please okay please continue the like i question like the death of dorme she literally just says i shouldn't have come back like she questions all of her entire belief system because one of her friends dies like yes totally like i guess it means a lot more now that sarah mentions that like we know that character a lot more but like also and again it's a tragic like very tragic event that's happening. But as the listeners should hopefully know, I'm not a huge fan of having to read and do other things in order to understand a movie better. But yes, you are, you, are, you are a fan of, you only should need to watch the movie to- Correct. To, right, you to shouldn't, like it's yes. nice to have other things added by reading other materials, but like the, the performance should not be better 
because of that, if that makes any sense. Mm -hmm. I'm going to push back on that a little bit because, you know, the Captain Typho is talking with the pilot, which we learn is Padme. You know, I saw, you know, I'm sorry, my lady, you know, I thought that the, the intel was wrong. You know, evidently we weren't under attack. And so that that's when it explodes. And so it's like, I don't think she was necessarily taking the threats on her life seriously. Like, she's like, yeah, I was kidnapped before, like whatever as queen and all of these things. But I don't think she was taking it seriously. But then to have, to see her, you know, friend die in such a dramatic way when you thought you were safe, like, it is going to make you question things and you're just kind of like, this is real. And, you know, maybe I do have to reassess, you know, the sincerity of my attackers. So I think I, she said that more in the, the passions of the, the moment versus like truly questioning whether she should have come back. Alex, I think you took her too literally. I do have that problem. Yep. I will say I take <laughs> things too literally. Okay. Well, fair point. Now I, I guess I, I I did not myself put it put too much thought into uh, just that bit of dialogue, but and right my only thoughts on that was why why would she say that she she failed? Moving on then, um, so I believe then we are now don't we don't we move right into yes we are we are now then put right into the chancellor's office and Chancellor Palpatine has has is now the chancellor and we are discussing the issues with, with uh, how to handle the threats on pad basically. My thoughts on this are, I didn't have too many issues other than I didn't think it was like necessarily like wise to have, I mean, it just seemed a little convenient that she got paired up with Kenobi and Anakin. I mean, it just, they just, it, it, I mean, obviously, Chancellor Palpatine is trying to influence that, but I no, I, I agree. Like I, I have my question is like, why is Obi Wan an old friend if she hasn't seen him in ten years? Like, well, right. I, she's like, oh, why yeah. not an old friend, Obi Wan Kenobi? And I'm like, they haven't seen each other in ten years. Why are they old friends? She, he was, he was stationed to be with her for a mission, but like, she's not. They're not old friends, right? And they didn't, and you. They didn't even interact that much. No. And so that's where I had canon a little bit. Fine. You facepalm. You. <laughs> that Obi-Wan did escort Padme on some other missions in the interim. I mean, obviously, we learned from later conversations that Anakin hasn't seen her since the events of The Phantom Menace. But I think some of the dialogue when Obi-Wan goes to meet Padme at her apartment that it seems like it hasn't been a full, you know, 10 years since they last saw each other. So I think, you know, maybe he saw her around the Senate floor doing Jedi stuff, or there was part of another mission. Um, but I think there's some time in between that we don't know about. <laughs> there's always seems to be time in between. <laughs> and before we move on quickly, like, I want to know that like straight up we're, 10 minutes into the movie and Padme literally says like Count Dooku tried to kill me and they immediately say no that's not in his character it's not him I think the Count Dooku was behind it he is a political idealist not a murderer you know my lady Count Dooku was once a Jedi he couldn't assassinate anyone it's not in his character 
Well, right. She, she, right. She has her suspicions and then they just sort of dismiss it. Completely dismiss her of just like, you don't know anything. As you know, as you know, milady, he was once a Jedi. You know, that is character. This is, we don't do that. (laughs) This is the problem with the patriarchy, folks. Listen to women. Oh, we're going political, huh? If you don't want to go political, don't ask on the correspondent. Also, <laughs> don't talk about Star Wars because Star Wars is political. <laughs> Packed full. I mean, good Lord, half the time we spend in this movie is on the Senate floor. So yeah, <laughs> chock full of politics. Okay, so then uh, we are introduced to Hayden Christensen and mm-hmm. Obi-Wan Kenobi as, as they ascend to Padme's penthouse. <laughs> And so I'm just curious what your initial, like, first impressions. Here we are introduced to Hayden Christensen for the first time. I just want to know, like, if you remember your initial thoughts or, like, his, like, when you saw him for the first time, did you like him? Uh, just sort of first impressions, if you remember at all. Uh, I remember liking him. I thought the the hair braid was ridiculous. Uh, but I also <laughs> thought that was ridiculous on Obi-Wan and Phantom Menace. Um but I, I found charm in Hayden as Anakin in those early, early scenes. Okay. And did that charm continue to grow? Or as you age, did you realize it was less, <laughs> did the charm lessen for you the more you watched it? A little bit. I mean, oh. yeah. Yeah, but I still think he, he, he plays it well. And it, I will say, you know, chalk it up to some of the things is just, poor dialogue decisions but i think acting wise he he plays it well i i can't really remember like i just i don't think i really had an opinion on him when i first watched it it was just like okay he's there because again i'm a kid watching it um and i like the action and that was what i was there for but i have evolved because i i went through the phase where i'm like he is terrible like he's i think he's a terrible actor and stuff like that but as i've grown i've realized that like yeah he's not a terrible actor he's been given really bad dialogue and so again like i don't think he's a great actor but like he is not terrible it's just he's not great enough like liam neeson or or even regard because I mean I even think I find Mace Windu in this episode in especially in this one cringy and not good and that's Samuel Jackson so like his dialogue is bad to me of like it's not in his character I'm just like this is not good so I mean like if Samuel <laughs> Jackson can't elevate that like you can't expect a not perfect actor to do it right so yeah it, they. Just talking about how they, they, you know, he hasn't seen her in 10 years and nervous. And this is where we get introduced to the dreams that he's been having and blah, blah, blah. And mm-hmm. I don't like how necessarily, I mean, my, my thoughts on that is, is that. Wait, we've, we've know. jumped, we've jumped. We have not been You're introduced right. to the dreams yet. No, you can, you pl- chime in. I mean, I, I got to come back I, because I, I, I got to call, I got to call the cringe flirt, the cringe, yeah, yeah. like incredibly uncomfortable flirting. That yes, goes... no, I, I, meant, I meant to get there. I, I, I forgot that the dream. Yeah, no, the dream comes when he's talking, the... when they're talking yeah. on the other things. But, but like, 
it is i i was just like he jar jars there again so he's he's still around but also like just yeah like it's just it's really again terrible dialogue like again i don't think Caden christensen does it well but it's not good dialogue like you he literally sounds creepy and he's 18 and like i and i i understand everybody and like we've done an episode on this and like and i understand the the feeling of like well he's an actual like he's socially awkward and like headcanoning and like like getting it that way i'm like yeah you can headcanon it that way but like it's still incredibly creepy because like i'll say i my one of my my best friends emily um shamim's wife just recently watched attack of the clones and revenge of the sith for the first time and throughout the entirety of this episode she is incredibly uncomfortable with how hayden christensen is acting towards natalie portman and that like those characters like because again like as a non diehard fan you're just like this is not cool what he's doing to her of like and so that i just wanted to bring that up of like yes we can if you but if you look at it from an outsider's point of view and so like you can love it and and hand cat in it i'm not trying to say that's bad but like if you look at it like purely objectively as an outsider's view it's not good it's not a good look I don't know. I'm I'm torn with that. I want to push back a little bit. See, I I want so I agree with you. Like watching it now, there is some cringe creep vibes and words that are said. But I also remember watching it as a kid. And when I say kid, I was, you know, middle school, junior high, 14, 15, 16 years old watching this movie, you know, for my first handful of times. And like, I understood the intent of what he was trying to do. His love for her is just so deep and so overwhelming. And he's like, how do I finally talk to you? Like I plucked up the courage and how do I finally talk to you? And so it's like, I understood the emotions going on behind it. And like, when I truly get into watching the movie, AKA not with Alex, um, <laughs> like I, I can feel those emotions because it is layered, but I mean, your casual viewer is not going to do that. And I would say even most star wars fans on a viewing are not going to like try to you know peel back the layers to get to what was meant to be in those scenes you're gonna you're gonna take it fairly surface level right but i would i would agree with the fact with the other point though that you shouldn't have to necessarily pull back all those layers Mm -hmm. to to have a to have a pleasant non-creepy (laughs) <laughs> you no, experience no i i agree but it also made uh teenage sarah feel very special because like i am so tapped into these emotions and i know what he's going through and like i feel heard and seen in this because i understand so i i know i'm not alone in that i know that there's other at least in my experience talking to other female fans you know you you identify with these characters on an emotional level beyond what's in the dialogue not just female Oh, I'm just saying I hear it most from female fans. So, okay. I, but I'm just, I'm putting it out there. It's not just female fans. No, but, but yeah. And again, I, I agree with that. And like, I'm not trying to say it's bad. I'm just saying, like, again, as we talked about earlier with like Jar Jar of 
that like in that episode of like you look back into edit now and that is like you have to look at it with different glasses mm -hmm. of like mm -hmm. at the time yes it was not bad or it probably it might have been but it just did not in society we did not perceive it as bad mm -hmm. but now as we're getting more knowledgeable about like what women go through and like how this is incredibly creepy for a guy to just be because like that's to me also like a piece of it of like that's going on right now it's like yeah this guy's loved her for 20 years or 10 years or whatever she owes him nothing like it doesn't matter and mm -hmm. that like who cares like he great he's loved her for 10 years if she doesn't love him back or she has no no feelings like she owes him nothing it is it is completely it's it's not like she owes him anything and i just want to put that out there and like and i know you don't think she does but like that's like i sometimes feel like that gets brought up of like mm. well he's loved her so much and he, he like because and like in movies in general it's like i love you so much so you have to love me back and right. you're like no you don't oh, yeah, sure. yeah like you at least owe me a date or you owe me a kiss and it's like well no yeah like, no yeah. you don't owe any like if you have decided to pause like just to think about this person for forever that's on you that is like so mm -hmm. that i just wanted to put that out there i'm ready to move on to that next part because that's where we start discussing the dreams and and we get sort of this these hints about how he's been feeling about his mother and stuff but mm -hmm. you know to me to me it always seemed like obi-wan kind of brushes off his some of his dark thoughts or dark nightmares a, a little too easily you know here 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 is this padwan telling you that he has these nightmares all the time about his mother and her dying and stuff and then he's just like ah, dreams pass in time you know it's like i think i think he doesn't I'm not sure if he if he if he if Obi-Wan took in, took into account how old Anakin was when he started his training and how much he would be affected by being separated by his mother because I believe Obi-Wan was a wasn't he raised as a young baby like he had so I'm not sure if he really if he was if he if he gave Anakin enough, un, uh, for lack of a better mm -hmm. term, understanding mm -hmm. of what he was going through emotionally. No, and I also think that, you know, I don't know if Obi-Wan has ever experienced those kind of visions. And so it's like, if you don't experience them, you know, you, you can try to sympathize with someone, but you're not going to fully understand and so i don't think he put a lot of weight in visions and the prophecies anyway because i know that he talks about anakin being the chosen one but i think he's more so just agreeing because that's what qui-gon said and you know that's what mason yoda say as the older ones i don't know how much stock he actually puts in the prophecies and in in visions so i think he is fairly dismissive because of his own personal beliefs that way i'd also say like he's dismissive of a lot of things because i have here like he Anakin straight up confesses that he is in love with Padme to Jar Jar and Obi-Wan walks up and he's just like, oh yeah, she was happy to see us. 
And you're like, there's no way you didn't know that he just confessed. And then like later on, when they're in the, um, when, when they're talking about the stuff and he like, again, creep factor number two of like, she didn't like me watching her. Like, again, just another creep thing for me. Um, yeah. I, I'll just bring up, like, I'm just going to point them out. I don't mean don't need to talk about them. But but then, like, he straight up goes and, like, if you, you've you already chosen to be a, a Jedi, if you go down this path, like, you'll be expelled and stuff like that. And I'm like, you need to be addressing this more. Like, you just brush this off of, like, oh, yeah, you got to make that choice. Yeah. And I mean, like, not to go further, like, it gets brought up again, like, late like at the very end of the movie where like Padme gets knocked off the ship and he's just like you'll be expelled from the Jedi Order and I'm like you'd think you'd want to address this like <laughs> later like maybe not yes. in the movie but like like to me again we're jumping I apologize but like why would you let him escort her after that like with after like he's made these comments especially in this in this first part of like oh yeah like they'll go and be alone on a whole planet and you're like, yeah, my, literally my, my Padawan has said he's in love with her and yeah. I'm going to just let that go. Um, yeah. That, that'll, that'll go well. A good, uh, a, a good point for sure. Um, but then uh, while this conversation is going on, then they, then that's when we are hinted at, at Django Fett for the first time. And then the assassination attempt happens or, or tries to happen. Um, also, like, why did it take, and this is just sort of nitpicking, I guess, but, you know, if they wanted to assassinate her, you know, why don't you just shoot a missile into her? <laughs> you know where her bedroom's at. Why not shoot a missile into it? Or, you know, why not just do so many other things than this weird process of poisoning her through uh, bugs, I guess, insects. Um, it just seemed over the top. If you really wanted to get the job done and you knew which bedroom was hers, but anyway, and it takes them like forever to sense that something's wrong. Mm-hmm. And maybe because that's th- that their thoughts are, you know, distracted because they're having a conversation, but still. Mm-hmm. <sighs> okay, moving on. Through that whole chase though, my, my, big, my biggest question, like through that whole chase of like, I think personally, I think Obi-Wan's an idiot for jumping out of the window. Like, like I understand he's a Jedi and everything, but I'm just like literally he's the one that's been saying like, don't overreact, don't do things, and he's just yep I'm gonna jump out a window. But like yes, my, thought- the biggest thing that I was wondering when I during that whole chase is like where are the cops? Like where like you right. are, are they, can you just speed whenever you want to break the law in on Coruscant? I'm just like where where are the speeder cops? Like that was my right. big thing. Well, they have those like Coruscant underworld police, but you're right. You'd think that there'd be a way to, <laughs> yeah, have some sort of police presence, with reckless speeder driving. No, I was gonna say, are like the chase goes on for quite a while. You don't, you think at some point they would get involved and either you know try to, you know, set up a, a blockade of, or of traffic yeah. or join the pursuit. But it goes on for it's a long chase. Yeah, it's not like this is a quick tour down the block. They right. they cross half the city or something like that. Yeah, yeah. Yep. And then, you know, the fact that Anakin somehow like finds him in this massive city of, of endless speeders. And then he like, and you, I guess you can chalk it up to using the force, but when he jumps out of the speeder and falls, however far, just to intercept 
I just, it seems too implausible. I chalk that up to the, the force. Like he sees him and like that, I, that one I can okay. But like, no, I, I completely agree of like, he literally just pulls up and then is just like, I got you. And I'm like, why did the, again, to me, it's like stupid question of like, all right, he, she's gone into this tunnel. Why doesn't she didn't then just like stop and go somewhere else? Like, why does she keep going where there's a, a way? I don't know. Yeah. That's, that's where I would say the improbability of finding her. But again, I know there are a lot of people out there of like, it's the will of the force. Sure. Oh, okay. <laughs> um, so uh, then we get to the cantina scene, uh, which is pretty much not an exact recreation of, of episode four, but there are a lot of similar themes um, in this in this bar scene when put against uh, episode four. Yep. And, you know, I, I thought, I mean, I don't know. You get to see Javid Best I, and Anthony Daniels. Yeah. But, yeah, yeah. I, I was going to say, I can come in and defend it. I really like the, the bar scene. I like seeing the sports TVs in the background. I like the outfits. I love Death Stick Man. I was joking with- <laughs> I was joking with Alex because, you know, we have a certain point of view that has come out for uh, A New Hope and Empire Strikes Back. And so, you know, on the 40th anniversary of Attack of the Clones, I'm really looking forward to reading the short story about Attack of the Clones from Destic Man's point of view. And I want to know what he does after his encounter with Obi-Wan. He goes home and then rethinks his life. Yeah, but like, what does he rethink? <laughs> like, does he become a humanitarian? Does he become an artist? Does he pour himself into technology? Does he become an empire man? Like, I, I want to know. Uh, yeah, yeah. I, <laughs> now, now I'm just now I'm just left thinking about what happens to Destic Man. So, You're welcome. Podcast. <laughs> anyway, um, so yeah, I you know I I did. There were some things I like, sort of scenes that that give you uh, sort of a window into the world without dialogue. So yeah, I didn't mind the sports, you know, screens and whatnot, but it just seemed I didn't like the dialogue really leading up between you know Obi Wan and Anakin leading into the bar. It's like, you know, where are you going, Master? It's like, well, I'm gonna go get a drink. <laughs> yeah, it just Mm. Uh, it didn't seem like they had this connection with each other of like, well, the they just didn't seem there. to be on the same page. Yeah, right. I would I would agree with that. I'm going to to disagree. I I think you know he's he's trying to teach Anakin patience in his own way, and I think that's just the difference of styles between the two Jedi, and that's why they clash. Do you have any thoughts on? them confronting Zam Wessel or assassination. I, I want to know how Django finds them. Like they've literally been flying all over the city. Like how did Django find them? Right. You know, I, I chalk that up to either he had some kind of like tracker on her s- speeder or had like, you know, he that, that was like a rendezvous point they had or I don't know. I don't mm-hmm. know. 
but, I think know. as good I think as good as a as good a bounty hunter as Django Fed is supposed to be, it's not totally implausible that he found him. I also wonder why he shoots him shoots her with a dart. As again, opposed to what? As opposed to like a blaster rifle. Like oh. again, I guess he's supposed to lead Obi-Wan to the Kaminoans, but I'm just like, again, this this all to me relies on like so basically they're expecting Sam Weisel to fail and not kill Padme and that's how they get the Jedi to Kamino because like yeah because I mean like you but I'm just like if you're such a great bounty hunter you shouldn't be followed but I don't know yeah so then remind me where we jump to from there they decide to send Anakin and Padme. To... Okay, that's right. Well, that's they... where they decide to send her, and Obi mm-hmm. and the Chancellor says that like I'll force her to go because they're like she right. won't want to leave. Well, right, force her back to Naboo. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Did you have any thoughts on that? I mean, I already brought them up. Of like, why are they letting them go together? They shouldn't like. Obi-Wan should put up more of a fight because he's like, are you sure they should go together? I'm like, you should be saying they should not. It should not be like, you <laughs> you're like, because Obi-Wan, because Mace just throws it away of like, well, he is the chosen one. He's going to have to prove himself. I'm like, yeah, prove himself doing something else. Not this. <laughs> yeah. Uh, uh, again, this is for me, it always just kind of comes back to like, how, how are the Jedi uh, so kind of blind? To, to everything, you know, you think that they'd be able to sense Anakin's affection or, right. or just have, yeah. But I mean, that's one of the lines in the movie. Maybe we should tell the Senate we've lost our ability to sense the force. But yeah. I, I agree that that's kind of a weak stretch. There, yeah, with that kind of, yeah. I mean, like, yeah, no, because I, I will say, like, how are the Jedi so dumb? And you're like, unfortunately, yes, that is what the Jedi are because... Uh, Sidious is doing that. Like Palpatine is is making them like idiots, and they have grown vain and think that they can do everything. Yeah, it's frustrating. <laughs> it's frustrating to to watch it unfold. I'll say it's frustrating. Yeah, because I will say like yeah. I thought the Jedi Order were going to be cool, and Anakin or, and Attack of the Clones literally just takes the just destroys them as they are not cool at all takes the wind out of your sails on on their yeah. coolest yeah. <laughs> and i mean i i understand that that's the point so i want to make sure of like that that literally is the point but like i wanted as a kid like i wanted the jedi to be cool i wanted the jedi order to be cool yeah uh and for me I think the movie really starts to go, I mean, the movie wasn't already like super great, but it really starts to go downhill for me uh, once Padme and Anakin go back to, go to Naboo together and and Obi-Wan begins his, his hunt for uh, the mysterious, well, to first discover what the dart is and then his eventual lead to Camino. Um, 
But uh, do you have thoughts on, I mean, I guess uh, I was gonna ask, move on to, uh, so I guess, you know, they, they say goodbye at the, at the port. Um, I have creep I line number three. Of... Okay, let's hear it. Please don't look at me like that. Why not? It makes me feel uncomfortable. Sorry, milady. <laughs> Literally, like, <laughs> and then gives her a creepy smile. Alex kept a running count of all of the creep lines. So he's just like, creep one, creep two, yep, creep three. I did. Yes. Was that oh. frustrating? I'm sure that was difficult to. For me, it was frustrating. <laughs> well, yes. that's, yes. Mm -hmm. But yeah, you're right. That, that, is that, is that on your list? Is that the creepiest line that he says? Oh, no, it's not. No, no. It is not the creepiest That is line. not the creepiest. Okay. No. <laughs> All right. I will say like about Dex's diner, like everyone talks, like I tried to look at this like a kid's movie and I'm like, Dex's diner is not for kids. That's for sure. Cause kids aren't going to know what that is. Like it's, it's based off literally a fifties diner. I'm like that's for old people. I disagree. I love yeah. that scene as a kid and I still love it now. It's I, a fun bit into the slice of life. Okay. On Coruscant. Yeah, I didn't mind that scene. I thought it was just, you know, I mean, everybody's going to know what a diner is. I'm diner I was just saying of like, it's not, I was just saying of like, it's aimed at kids. I think the whole scene personally is unnecessary and just dumb. But like, I was looking at it and like, you're like, oh, this is a movie for kids. I'm like, yeah, they're going to know what a diner is. But I'm like, literally it's aimed at like adults of looking at like, that's a 50s diner. Okay, cool. Like, so that's what that's where I'm coming out of. Like, not that like kids are gonna not specifically like it, but it's like this is aimed at getting the nostalgia of older older fans. Yeah, and I don't know. To me, it was to me it's just some of the dialogue in in the diner scene, um, and just just like little things that that just seem out of place in a Star Wars type of of universe of like you know why why are the specials called like jawa juice and you know or, or stuff like that and, and why why is the robot look like a 1950s <laughs> yeah. waitress and everything it just seemed it that those little details took me out of it a little bit of just like the you're only saying you're only calling it jawa juice because uh oh everyone knows what jawas are like mm -hmm. it just i don't know I thought that was a fun line. Okay. Jawa juice? Yeah. You want to come at Jawa juice? Yeah. Great. People have, people have made uh, EDM songs based around that one line. It's, it's very doable. I would dance to yeah. it. <laughs> um, I have to bring up yeah. droids rights again. Oh, you don't? Because, oh, because, because <laughs> Obi-Wan literally says like... Well, if droids could think... There'd be none of us here, would that? And like, it's just like he does not like droids, and I'm like, this is not cool, Obi Wan. This is not cool. No, yeah, he 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 he, he, he uh displays his displeasure for uh, droids a number of times. Mm -hmm. Or yeah, you know. but. Uh, 
yeah, the rest of the scene, I didn't, I didn't really mind too much. I mean, obviously, it was just all for exposition and mm-hmm. to move the plot, move the plot forward. But mm-hmm. you know, whatever. I guess also, yeah, I, I might be skipping ahead, to, or I was going to move on to when he then goes to the archives. But I mm-hmm. think I mean, I, mm-hmm. let's go. I mean, yeah, that, we can go I mean, there. Well, I don't know if that scene with Padme and them on the transport ship. We can we can do either that. one. We can jump back, but yeah, I have something to say a little bit about that. But yeah, we can jump back. It doesn't matter. Okay, then why don't you just jump in ahead to that to when they're when Padme and Anakin are on the transport ship now? If that's what you were meant. Uh, that's creep that... line number four. That's oh, okay. just what I want to bring up of be with the people I love and like stares at her. She's like a Jedi aren't supposed to meant to love. And I was like, okay. Nine, line number four. I think it's a good philosophical debate and it's cute on the ship. I don't, I'm not denying the debate is cute. I'm saying like when she's saying like, I thought Jedi weren't supposed to do the things you like or blah, blah, blah. And I'm saying like literally where he adds the piece of like, I'll be with the people I love. Cause it's, it's very like yearning at her. That's where I like, <laughs> The, the the debate I'm fine with like yeah him he, like no it's a I think it's a really good debate that he actually brings up of like no the Jedi should love like that is the essence of the Jedi I think that's a fine debate it's that, yeah, that I always line. I always cringe at that part for sure yeah okay but. I don't I think it's cute well that's good it's it's definitely nice to have that to have that balance mm-hmm. these are you going to say yeah. anything you don't like about this movie? Yes, we're going to get there. Okay, I'm just checking. Just checking. <laughs> I'm like, it's fine if you don't. I'm just verifying. No, we're going to okay. get there. Okay. I'll let you know. All right, thank you. Um, so, right. So then, you know, we, we that scene where, where Obi-Wan is trying to find Kamido in the, in the Jedi archives. Again, just another frustrating scene of this. Here comes Madame Jocostanu and says, you know, Oh, silly Obi-Wan, if, if, if this system is not in our database, then it doesn't exist. There's no, there's no ifs, ands, or buts about it. Mm-hmm. It's like, okay, seriously? Like, why, why, why does it have to be so absolute, you know? I mean, I really like Jocasta New. I, I don't know why. I just really like her. Um, but yeah, it's, it's a little... I mean, no one likes to be told they're wrong, right? And so, I mean, that doesn't necessarily excuse that situation, but like. Well, she is very sassy. She, she is. is. I think it's one of the reasons I love her. Like, yeah, I don't necessarily yeah. agree with what she tells Obi-Wan of like, well, if it's not here, it doesn't exist. But I like, I I love the, the shade that she throws and her outfit is amazing. Legit would wear that in real life. <laughs> right, normalized. Star Wars attire. Yeah, I'm I'm for it. <laughs> mm-hmm. No, because the thing that like the thing that bugs me about that is that literally the next scene they they prove her wrong. So I again to me it's like why is that there? Like what's the like I guess to show the vanity of the Jedi, but he literally goes to Yoda, the most powerful, and. Yeah. So that's that's just my small piece of that. I'm I'm gonna be cynical and say that that scene was included so they could add another woman to the cast because uh, this oh, this yeah. movie is very male heavy. Oh I yeah, doubt 
Doubt it. So yeah, we, we get a minute of Jocasta. She's a woman. Yeah. Right. And yeah, but then you're right. He goes to he goes to Master Yoda and and, mm-hmm. and just like a youngling kind of figures it out. <laughs> or or yeah, you know, that a youngling figures it out. He he puts the a youngling puts the pieces together when when a Jedi almost a Jedi master couldn't quite get there. And I don't know if if uh, yeah. It's truly wonderful how the mind of a child works. It's like they're works. they're so <laughs> open because you know as we age and you know we get set in our ways and our set way of thinking and children don't have those set ways of thinking. I'll also say like, I actually really enjoyed that scene. Like, and that to me is also a scene of like, that's a scene aimed at kids. Like that's that's designed to get like, hey, you kids can have important information. Like I found Yoda hilarious in that scene. I'm just like, For sure. ah, 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 ah. Obi-Wan has lost a planet, how embarrassing. And like, no, I, 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 that, that is one scene where I'll be like, yeah, that's, that's gold. I like that one a lot. Agreed. The youngling scene is adorable. Good. See, the movie's not all bad. Um, and so I did. It was at this point where I noticed like how jarring the cuts are because they just cut back and forth between Padme and like Obi-Wan and they're just like, boom, boom, boom. And I'm like, can we like, it's 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 really cutty. Yes. Uh, so I believe at this point, then they've arrived on Naboo. Yep. Yep. And then we get uh, we get some of the greatest dialogue of all time. <laughs> Unless it well, what? Are you being serious? Of course not. Oh yeah, he that's sarcasm. Okay, I just I was what what dialogue are you talking about that was like that that he's talking about the I hate sand. Oh, we're not even there yet. Yes, we are. No, we're not. We still have the security fight. Did they get mad at like sorry, I apologize. I apologize. That's why I was confused. I felt like they get to Naboo and like that's that's creep moment number number five for me i apologize i apologize that's creep number yeah. moment number five where he's just like excuse me i'm in charge of security here my lady <laughs> and then she's like i yes. know you should listen to me and he goes oh i'm sorry and it's just, no that that's that's sorry that's why i got confused my bad it, yes no i was going to get there but that happened yes, before, about that, that happened that scene happens before the sand scene Yes, but you're right. That that scene, right, where they're talking about the security and stuff, is is always makes me cringe as well because it's like here, you know, she's she's trying to she's trying to to speak to these people, and here he is cutting in, kind of undermining her, and it just that it always kind of rubbed me the wrong way. Yep, the whole, that's the yeah. That's the patriarchy for you. Men cut in and cut women off and undermine their intelligence and authority. Yep. <sighs> Did you have any other thoughts can, about that? No. Darwin? Now we can go okay. to um, yeah. the scene. The 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 sand. The sand. 
<laughs> I don't think there's a more infamous line in all of Star Wars than that than that particular uh, exchange. Infamous, but then it's like yes. infamous. Yes, I. You know, I. It seems just there's so much to unpack there because, you know, on one hand, should is Padme sharing too much with like this Padawan or she's, I mean, she's like, I don't know. She talks about wanting, you know, all the memories she has as a kid, but then, yeah, but then you have Anakin who's saying these weird lines and like slowly touching her. her That's creep act, creep arm. motion number six. <laughs> yeah. Touching yeah. her back. Yeah. And like caressing it all weird, like. Uh. And I will say they did not earn that kiss. No. <laughs> like I was just like, why is she feeling why why is this happening? She has not portrayed any kind of like caring for him at all. Well, exactly. You know, uh, the whole no. she has shown she's cared for him prior to this point. I guess cared for, yes, not loved. In to me, it was never a love. It was always like a, a big sister look to me, of like, or a close friend. But to me, it was never like she loved him or liked him that way. No, the way I, sorry, to jump back, back when she's packing on Coruscant to leave for Naboo and, you know, Anakin's like, I'm all grown up. And she's like, she says the line, don't grow up too fast, Annie. The way she says it in all of her body language is very loving. Maternal? I, I, okay. I would disagree hard but that is your opinion yep okay no i take that more of i i suppose you could read it at motherly i don't take it as motherly i take that as you know significant other love but again to me like that is not enough for that kiss to me sure yeah i i i always thought it right the vibe i got was you know she's trying to set up this boundary between the two of them and then just yeah there wasn't enough yeah yeah just there wasn't enough there for me uh, as well and we've talked about that in our other podcasts about how the dialogue of star wars and stuff so great and i need to to dwell too long on the actual uh, lines there but no no but the scene itself is gorgeous yeah i believe that's lake como in italy right yeah. Do you want to go to Italy? That's I've been that's to Italy. You know. Thank you. Okay, you want to go again then? It's a freaking gorgeous place. It is. I don't it, deny that. Yeah. I will have say you been there if too? I if I I have not, but if I ever oh. go, I'm literally going to be recreating Star Wars scenes. Oh my god. That's all that I'm gonna be doing. <laughs> that's right. Take me right from the from the airport to Lake Como immediately. <laughs> okay. No, no tus, no, no Tuscany or, or wineries. It's just, <laughs> uh, anyway. No, we, we cut back to Camino. Oh, yeah. Where the field is, yeah, after Camino. Okay. Uh, so right, yeah. I thought I really liked the design of Camino. That's one thing I really enjoyed about about the movie is just Camino itself. I thought what a cool concept of this essentially a planet that never stops raining unless it's the Clone Wars. But anyway, uh, then uh, <laughs> um, 
unless we unless we need it to stop raining for plot to happen <laughs> Nicole yep. anyway we're originally supposed to be a, pl- a planet that never stops raining and that's why it's all water but i thought that i thought the it was super cool uh, that whole design mm-hmm. and i think i think it's I, we only visit uh is it topoka city aren't there other i think so Aren't there supposed to be other cities like around the planet and stuff? Oh, yeah, there's I mean, like there's, there's, yeah. there's other, they're pretty sure there's underwater planet stuff too. Right. So, yeah. Well, I thought, I thought the cloning, some of the cloning facilities and stuff are all underwater. Yeah. And like, yeah, okay. But yeah, I thought that was cool. Um, Do you have any thoughts on, on arriving on Camino or in, introductions to the, the Caminoans? Caminoans? Not really. Like, I just, again, I don't, I, as, even as a kid, like, I just never connected with this part. Like, I was just like, I don't care. Like, it's, it's, it's aliens and you're trying to explain things that didn't need explaining, in my opinion. And, like, so... I disagree. I know. I'm. 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 I'm not trying to do a no, thing no, here. I'm no. No. I'm just like, saying. You, you know. I mean, if you have more to add to that, add to no. it. But I was just gonna say, like, I to me, this is always the the kind of the turning point in the movie. I'm like, okay, we're actually starting to learn things. Things are actually starting to happen. And so, like to me, Camino's kind of the turning point of like the, these dominoes are falling into place, and it's like you start to get these these insights, and like there's this whole other you know, what is this plot? Who is sifo And it's like, I, it just totally piques my interest. And I love how futuristic, I mean, even within the Star Wars universe, I love how futuristic uh, the structure in Camino looks. Yeah. And I thought, I think, I love the scene where he's, you know, introduced to all the clones. You know, I thought that was just a really awesome sequence with the music and everything. You're just, you kind of really feel, you can feel the and see sort of the seeds of the of the empire growing right there mm-hmm. and with and you know with the republic's the republic's strength growing but then but then you see the the seeds of the empire there as well which i which i always thought was uh, a really cool scene but no i, I mean like to, again yeah. yeah we we talked about it in our inhibitor chip episode too like again this to me sets things up and then other things are torn down by it so whatever um yeah it's it's neither here nor there for me like it's not something I, re- I really really care about so right hello alex again and it was at this point that while editing realized that this was just getting too long and even while we were recording we were realizing it was getting too long so this is where we we're going to cut it and we will see you guys next week for a these part two of our discussions on Attack of the Clones. Never tell me the odds. People are counting on us. The galaxy is counting on us. Solo, we'll figure it out. We'll use the Force. That's not how the Force works. <laughs> oh, really? You're cold? She, is she purring up a storm? Right yeah, she's sitting on my she, lap and purring. We, so, so. Uh, or like, if you can hear. Is she a loud purr? She's a motorboat. <laughs> oh, okay. Because uh, this guy, oh, what did I do? There you go. We see it now.
Okay. Yeah, he's a he's a motorboat too. Oh, I love the bow tie. Yeah. What a dapper dude. That's right. He could he's he's one of those ones that just starts, yeah, just yeah. <laughs> yep. Uh okay. anyway. Mm-hmm. I guess I guess I should maybe ask what when what your next thoughts are. What are uh, your when, thoughts? Well, I mean, I mean so I have I have mine, but I'm 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 blanking on the next part of the of I can't remember exactly if it if it jumps to them discussing the issues in the in the chancellor's. Yeah, it jumps office. that that's immediately. Okay, yeah. that's what I was okay, that's what I was like, because I, I that that's right. Cause my brain wanted to go right to Obi-Wan and Anakin in the elevator, but I was like, that doesn't make sense. Sorry. You want a cup of jawa juice? If droids could think, there wouldn't be a need for any of us, would there? That's not good. What is that? That's solo throwing up. <laughs> Sorry, oh. solos. Yeah. We're never going to get through this. <laughs> no, we're not. Oh, boy. Nope. Let's do a two parter. Oh, I think we are. Like already, I think we're gonna might have to do a two. Like I think we'll get through it maybe tonight, but like I don't think this. I think this is gonna be too long. Yeah. Oh, so, well, sure. I mean, there's stuff you can cut here. True. Yes. I think yeah. I guess he's done. Have to listen. We'll see. Okay. No, well, he's okay. gone to go more. Good. Oh boy. Get it out, you bugger. <laughs> yeah, you just swallowed. <laughs> I know you're unhappy. Get rid of it. There, let it out. <laughs> yes. So close. Stop swallowing. Keep this for the bloopers. Oh, well. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Yeah. That'd be awesome. And Her like, blooper reels. He's eating it again. I put... Uh, no, he's not. Eat- he hasn't thrown up. Yeah, but like he, I can tell. Like he's got like, like a little yeah, in his mouth and, and he swallows, swallows it. it. Yeah, like yeah. <laughs> Gross. No, I've been putting bloopers at the end of our episodes, and I love it. Hmm. <laughs> I have your whole Tums conversation. Oh, great! <laughs> <laughs> it's not bad. I was just like, you like? What are you eating Tums? You're like, I had a big lunch, and like that's that's really it. <laughs> Everyone knows I had a big lunch. Yep, that day. Yep. yep. <laughs> all right well solo is okay. done for he's now done so for now. Yeah. all right he's recovering all right good all right mm-hmm. what, what's next after the the beauty of naboo uh the beauty of naboo still then... on the beauty of naboo because we oh, go to okay. the field 